This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest Preview Show. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and Albert Curley is back to help me and Heskiff look ahead to Arsenal, who haven't beaten us in nearly three years, and Manchester City, who haven't beaten us at the Etihad in almost three years. Yes, well, The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Heskiff, that intro was particularly for you. You love those sorts of things. Yeah, it's just as well that I was muted there because I, I, I made some very odd noises groaning at that. Right, I'm parched, so we're going to start with this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Right, I was um, I was very sad you didn't come on last week, Albert. After you had that, you sent me a picture with loads of fancy beers on, um, the Dutty range, wasn't it, from Tiny Rebel? Uh, yeah, there was all sorts in there, to be honest. Um, something called Dutty, which was pretty rank. It's not just, it's, it's not an ironic name. <laughs> uh, what else is there? Lots of things with very um, flowery names that I'm sh- I'm sure you'd appreciate. Mm. Are you drinking one of them today? No, no. I'm for, I'm. I mean, I'm really letting you down this week. I'm not drinking any form of beer, unfortunately. Not, um, not dry January. Absolutely not. That went. Um, I don't believe in dry January. Uh, it's. It's just. Uh, I, I got confused. I didn't know what day of the week we were recording. I did a fast day today, Terence. You know how it is. And when you're on a fast day, can't get that sweet beer in. Okay. Um, Heskiff, am I alone? Uh, I just thought it sounded like a posh person saying Thursday when you said that, fast day. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think my, my issue last week was we were talking about bollocks and and, and uh, Albert wasn't on. So uh-huh. I felt a little disappointed that he wasn't there. Yeah. You, um, Albert, you, you missed out on the, the main Manscaped stuff. Um Anything I, can assure, I, can, I can assure you I haven't. <laughs> how, how, how is it, Dan? Is it all, all smooth still? Or is it starting to get back a bit stubbly? Uh, 
No, it's it's. I've gone from sort of Mila Yedinak's beard to Andy Johnson's head. <laughs> wow! Um, and the missus is pleased, or she just doesn't look there anymore. Uh, I'm not sure she's noticed. <laughs> not 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 for the lack of me trying to get her to notice. Lots of lots of lunges before bed. <laughs> wow, um, I'm sure the the listeners want to see that. Um, may, maybe you can do it on YouTube for well, that's good because the wife didn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I'm still got a few of my tiny Rebel Funk range to finish off. So I'm drinking one that's an apple sour, and it tastes just like an the apple sour drink. Did you drink that stuff at uni, Eskif? Uh, I didn't drink at uni, mate. Did I? Oh yeah, of course you didn't. So, sorry, oh, can I, I just say when you when you refer to Tiny Rebel, I still thought we were talking about your nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me, uh, le- less of that. It would be medium sized rebel. <laughs> what it's not, it's not, it's it's not rebellious. Is that is that what you're taking issue with? <laughs> Very it's average a, rebel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a tiny conformer. <laughs> Uh, anyway, support for the Back of the Nest preview podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOTN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BOTN. Right, so we're going to start off this week with. Uh, we'll go for Eberreche Eze. Um, he's broken COVID rules. Um, it seems like a, a growing list in South London. Uh, uh, Heskiff, we spoke about Luca last week breaking them, and you know, it, it, does this fall in the same bracket? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really scared to sort of go, you know, so hard on Luca and then perhaps easy, easy on Eze. Well, uh, I, think, I think the thing with Eze is like, does he really need to do it? You know, we said the same with Luca. Like, what, does he need to go out and have a party on New Year's Eve? And does does Eze really need to go and watch what apparently was an absolutely awful QPR game? You know, it's just they go through all of these sort of protocols at training and you know on the way to matches and stuff, only to then see photos of a player doing none of those things, watching another club. You know. Um, so, yeah, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. It's annoying. It's another sort of, it sounds a bit precious, but like a bit of a slap in the face because we're all still sat here staring at four walls, you know, or st- mm-hmm. staring at Albert's balls, one of the two. <laughs> um, but what I did think was quite interesting was Roy said, um, you, know, you know, he's been fined um, because a slap in the wrist is not enough, but we won't drop him. And I do wonder if Jeffrey Schlupp wasn't injured, whether Eze would have been dropped anyway. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting because he said he's he, every punishment needs to be on an individual basis, and he's obviously said that he thinks Eze just naively done it, and um, you know, naive, na- naively didn't practice social distancing or wear a mask. Um, Albert, do you do you have any sympathy for Eze, or do you, is, you know, he needs he needs to just wear the whatever punishment comes his way. Yeah, I don't have I don't have much sympathy at all. So, um, similar in the way, I mean, it wasn't like a public outcrying from myself, but you know, I was very, very disappointed in the in the Luca um, incident. You know, and in a way, that's worse because he's just had a you know he's had a, a party indoors with however many other people. 
Um, but obviously the the precedent has been set for what the punishment is. Uh, I think Eze's indiscretion was slightly less, but I, that doesn't mean I don't I don't feel the same disappointment that Heskiff's referred to. Clearly, didn't need to do it at all. Um, if he went to watch a Palace under 23s game, you'd sort of think, no, is that is that really necessary? Albeit probably more acceptable. So I think, um, you know, I certainly agree with the fine. But again, he, he can't drop him because he didn't drop he didn't drop Luca. So uh, he's kind of put himself in a corner there. We seem to know what what our level is at the club of acceptance when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, again, everyone's going to have their own take on it, but. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with what Luca did, and I don't agree with what Eze did, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I've got to say I agree. I, I think uh, Roy said QPR wore some of the responsibility as well, which is good to hear because you know somebody at the club should have said, "Hang on, you you want to come here? Have you cleared this with Palace?" I guess, and I don't know, but it's. It, it, I think Hesky, if you summed it up well, we're all standing, we're sitting here staring at the same four walls, and. Um, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. It feels like other people can just go out and do what they want. You know, I, I wouldn't have minded so much if football, if all these teams are actually in what I thought to be quite secure bubbles. But it turns out they're really not at all, and they're not not being that test tested that much either. And it was um, they're now moving up to two tests per week for per pl- for each player, which you know I thought they were doing at least that as a minimum before. So. Um, yeah, it's you're just risk, running the risk like everyone else of you know exposing yourself to the virus, and you know we can. Do I get without. I get I get tested twice a week at work, and I'm not allowed to hug my mates when we do something really fantastic. Or flip side of that, I'm not allowed to go and slide tackle somebody in another department. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've said they've said this right: no hugs, high fives, or shirt swapping is what they want to get towards. Um, and Roy talked about how difficult it is when you score a goal and emotions take over um do you think, is it well yeah is it ridiculous though to say don't go and celebrate with each other but you can get right up someone's backside while you're trying to mark them and stuff like that it seems a bit counterproductive really doesn't it yeah completely i mean there's 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 uh what's the word there's contradictions in every scenario whether it's football or you know i'm going to work i'm allowed to go to work still um, you know, and there's really stringent protocols, but there's times when you, you're, yeah, you do find yourself too close to someone, or you're in a space where it's not physically possible to, to actually stay that far apart. So, like I say, there's there's going to be sort of grey areas all over the place. But, you know, on 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 things like, do you need to go to another stadium and watch another team? No, you don't. Um, and yeah, the, uh, the the what you've referred to, Terence, in terms of marking other players, etc., uh, etc., et that would be that would probably be all right if the if the testing was a bit more stringent and the bubbles were a bit more stringent. But again, as you just said, it doesn't seem they are. Mm, yeah, Vinnie Jones certainly won't be as to do his former marking um, in, the, in the current day. Now, um, Heskiff, Alan Lee practiced social distancing with a goal celebration once. You think it would, could catch on? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um I think I think we need to score a few more goals to find out really though, don't we? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, uh, what, after the Wolves game where we had one shot on target, uh Roy once again went on one of his uh, rants about uh, it's not about shots on target. We got a lot of balls across the face of the box, Heskiff. Did that did that please you? Oh yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, 
I know that I'm miserable, but if if the litmus test of a good performance is getting the ball flip, flying across the six-yard box every now and again, irrespective of whether any of our team's in the box or not, mm. then we really are grasping at straws. I thought for the first four or five minutes of that game, I, I, I thought that I'd seen something different going forward. And I was like, oh, like, I even said to the missus, we're definitely going to score in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, how do you know nothing about football despite watching it all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, anyway, look, from Albert, I know you're particularly excited about this, but someone who would struggle with no hugs is um, a certain Dougie. Hey, Dougie. And hey, it's, been Dougie. Revealed to, it's been revealed today that the creator of Hey, Dougie is a Crystal Palace fan and season ticket holder. Um, this is great news, isn't it, Albert, for all the parents out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for, I mean, for anyone familiar with, or not familiar, should I say, with Hey Dougie, the, the concept is he's kind of a bit of a bit of a scout leader who looks after a group of young animals. They're called squirrels, but then none of them are squirrels. It's like the squirrel club, and each episode they do a badge, a bit like being in the scouts. Um, and it's a, it's a, all, all joking aside, it's a fantastic cartoon. It's actually one you can actually sit down with your kids and not want to, like, throw yourself out a window. And uh, yeah, to hear that that it's been come from the mind of a Palace fan, that's a nice touch. I'm I'm looking forward to some Palace Palace related episodes. Like I say, every episode's about it's the friendship badge or it's the teamwork badge. I'm looking forward to the keeping a clean sheet badge, uh, <laughs> balls across well, the six yard box badge, things like that. Now, apparently, um, the creator list, I keep saying the creator, I, I don't, I, I haven't written down his name. I'm a disgrace. I'm just going to scroll up in the article here. Grant Orchard. Uh, Grant Orchard. There you go. Got, Thank I've you. Got, I've got you, babes. <laughs> now, he, he listens to Back of the Nest. So he was asked in this article, um, we just need to check that um, Scout Leader Dougie isn't based on Scout Leader Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that is so out of order on Dougie. <laughs> watch your mouth yeah. out well the show does always end with a doggy hug so yeah go on no go on oh, that, that, obviously because he's called Dougie um, so with his love for the Eagles now public knowledge it would be a remiss of us not to ask whether Dougie was inspired by club legend Dougie Friedman especially as Grant started as a season ticket holder in 2011 when Friedman was at the helm Grant Muse, maybe subconsciously, it would be a great headline for you, but I don't think it was. It was originally going to be called Chop Chop or Dugo, and then Dougie came up. You could say, I think it could be possible on a subconscious level. Um, that's a bit disappointing. It's weird because the, the pilot episode was called the fucking off to Bolton badge. So <laughs> I don't know if he's remembered that correctly. <laughs> and then the new one coming back with your tail between your legs badge, is that in there somewhere? Probably. No. Well, can't say that. If I think that first season, if it went on two games longer, that Freeman went to Bolton, Bolton might not be in the mess they're in right now. That's for sure. He did a pretty good job there. I thought you were talking about the. First, I thought you about the first season of Hey Dougie. I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> well, if you want to watch Hey Dougie, it's on Netflix, isn't it? You can watch it on Netflix on the children's B section. Of Netflix. BBC iPlayer. Get straight on BBC iPlayer. It's all on there. It's all on there as well. So, Highly yeah. recommend it. Whatever your streaming platform of choice is, I guess. Mm. So, uh, what else we got here? Sacco, Hesketh. 
he's <laughs> he managed 45 minutes and um it looks like he's done for the season um i mean roy didn't go as far as to say that but a lot of the um articles that have been written after have gone on to suggest that and it would be meaning his time at palace is over and oh, probably that we're going to miss out on a few million that we might have been able to get for him this transfer window um it's Probably fair to say you probably hung on at Palace for 18 months too long. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his number of games played was in the last 18 months, but it couldn't have been a huge amount. Um, I think it's a shame, you know, I've been pretty vocal on here uh, as being a, a very big fan of his. Because I do think when he's fit, which is obviously a massive arse these days, but when he's fit, I think he's our best defender. I think he gives us a lot that the other defenders don't. Um, specifically sort of starting play and, and, and getting the ball moving. I thought you meant heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously we knew that he had injury issues, but like you say, I sort of thought that maybe we'd get a couple of million quid, but by the sounds of it, he's, uh, yeah, he's off. He's played his last game. And w- what a last game it was to be remembered, a thigh strain in a game where we, got the ball in the six-yard box a couple of times. Yeah, he did play a couple of lovely passes in between the lines, but um, didn't materialise. For But there you go. Um, I mean, let's, let's think some of these more funner, funner times, these good memories. Albert, what what you got? What's your, what's your main Sacco memories, except from having heart attacks? Uh, the t- two that stand out for me, one was the, I mean, he wasn't on the, when he was um, the, the, celebration at Anfield when he was still on loan yeah. and his little celebration with Benteke I believe it was that was that was a nice touch and then the other one I, I can't think which goal it was I think it might have been the when we when we turned Leicester over was it 5-0 at home mm-hmm. it was either the I want to say it was one of the fourth or fifth goals he just plays the most sublime through ball and I was right in line with it um, yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the one to loft his cheek, wasn't yeah. it? That's, yeah, that's right. What a ball! And you know, he had that. I'm, I'm talking about him like he's fucking dead. He has that in his locker. To say he had that in his locker might be accurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he he's on his day, which again we through uh, injury and sometimes through you know just being on on the wrong end of a bad team performance, you know, on his days, an unbelievable, unbelievable talent. And, and not just at defending, you know, like Heskiff said, the way he could start an attack, get his head up, you know, and he, he wasn't, he wasn't scared of a little dribble, a little sort of 15, 20 yard dribble into the midfield, which was again, raised the blood pressure a bit at times. But, you know, if he, I, th- I think the way to, su- the way to sum him up in, in my mind is if he could stay a lot fitter, and if he didn't have those sort of those heart attack moments, he'd probably still be at Liverpool, you know, or or a top six club. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be sad to not see him in a Palace shirt again because you're guaranteed you're guaranteed something when uh, when he comes on the pitch, and you just don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I, I had um, a conversation with someone very close to Sacco once upon a time, and. Um, uh, they said that Palace was basically ended up being the perfect move for him because he'd never 
he just loves he loves the lifestyle, but fell out of love with football a long time ago, and just don't that, that is probably around the doping scenario and all of that of when he got banned, but just didn't really have interest in playing football anymore. So to come to Palace, be on a hundred grand a week, could just continue the lifestyle and um, you know be you know ter- when he did turn up when he was playing when he wasn't when he wasn't injured, you know looked really good, but um, you know no real massive expectations there to do anything. He just want you know earn the money, gets the end of the end of his career, and just carry on living his life and and having the lifestyle. So um, it's a shame, really, like because you know there were times, where especially him and Tompkins, just you know looks unbeatable together for large periods, and you know that first season when he came in as well, we. You know, you look look at our record with him and without him. <laughs> we would have gone down without him. Um, that's for sure. If he didn't come in on loan, because he was he just transformed our backline when he did come in. Even with that back heel to Hazard in the last minute, <laughs> that one 0 win against Chelsea. But um, yeah, it's a shame that you know he's his love for the game in a sense got killed like that um, by you know, being falsely accused of something that you know he did he didn't do wrong. So. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I don't. What about you? Got any more memories? I mean, Heskiff, my my main one is um, I missed his only goal. I was I was in I was on my honeymoon in Mexico, <laughs> watching a, on the dodgiest iPhone stream ever. <laughs> Dutch drinking Dutch drinking Dos Equis, Yeah. Oh, all right. I'll let you off. Um, it was Stoke. Yeah, it was last minute, wasn't it? Last minute, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the the, 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 the shot. Yeah, the Kabaya the... shot hit the post, didn't it, and bounced and it bounced yeah. out to him. Just to clarify, the game was against Stoke. That's not where Terence was on honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a Mexican restaurant in Stoke. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, I think my, I mean, uh, Albert talking about that that assist against Leicester is probably mine because it sort of showed everything. Sort of, he he came, he, he took the ball out of the air, went about twenty yards with the ball, and then paid a perfect sort of defence splitting pass and. The opposite of that is yeah, him doing his little back in the six yard box against Chelsea, where like you just can't believe what you've seen. Like luckily it didn't it didn't mean anything on that on the day there. Um but I see it's got I also like there was a video knocking about which I saw on Twitter fairly recently, when he just goes it's in he's in the like cafeteria and he's just going up to every player and he's got a different handshake with every player. And I just like I love it, but I just thought if you don't like Sacco and you see that video, you're gonna absolutely <laughs> hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking of the um, assists, he also had, did the same against Chelsea for Zaha when we finally won our first game of the season against yep. Chelsea at Selhurst. It was a ball inside that set Zaha up, wasn't it? It was certainly had, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people were thrown around whether he's one of our best ever centre backs, and when all the dust has settled and people think about the periods where he was actually fit and playing consistently, was you know, it's, there's probably an argument to be made there. Um, and we miss his balance as well, you know, having a naturally left-sided centre back. Um, it's, you know, everyone who's playing on the left side now, since well, it's only really Delaney and then Sacco. Everyone else is kind of forcing the position a bit, but. Um, yeah, so sad to see him go, but I think it's I think it's about time. Um, it, it ideally would have got fifteen more or fifteen games a season out of it, not fifteen more. Just you know, fifteen in total would have been great. But um, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see. We might may maybe might recover and get a couple of games in the back end of the season. But if that's to be it, um, thank thanks for your efforts, I guess. And um, yeah, good good luck at Nice if that's where you end up. Um, 
it looks like Nathaniel Klein's going to sign a new deal. Heskiff, if we talked about this last week and saying that um, perhaps he was asking for a bit too long and stuff like that. So it all seems to be resolved now. Are you expecting it to come out as an 18-month deal like we talked about last week? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Back of the Nest. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fantime videos. Choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Yeah, I don't really see the point of giving him just another six months. Um, especially as we don't <clears throat> we don't really know how far along Ferguson is with his sort of re- rehab. So I, I reckon it'll be an 18-month which is good business, I think, for for all parties, really. Yeah, Roy had obviously sounded very happy with him in the press conference, talking about how he's done since he came in and um, just was just saying we, it was just to see if he was still the same Nathaniel Klein once he got fit, and he suggests that he is. I mean, Albert, he's he's not the same Nathaniel Klein, is he? He's, not, he's, he, he's lost some of that pace, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But he seems to... Um, he seems to... I mean, I forget... I forget that he's, you know, I think unlike, listen, he always draws comparisons to, I think, Wan-Bissaka, you know, he, in his day, you know, he relied on pace. If someone got past him, he, you know, if he got caught slightly out of position and, and Wan-Bissaka was the same, but he seems to a kind of, I don't know if it's a conscious thing, but based on what we've seen so far, his, his positional sense seems, seems, you know, to have made up for that. And he rarely gets caught out and from what, again, based on what we've seen so far. So, I'll take, you know, I'll take, I, I like my defenders to have the ability to defend first and foremost, and his, his defensive abilities are, aren't in question as far as I'm concerned. Mm, yeah, well, he came through our um, academy, obviously, um, which you know, has has a fairly decent reputation, and hopefully that will grow with all the works that we're putting into it currently. But uh, Heskiff, we, we've let one get away, it would seem, in, in, in Quadwo Bar. Now, um, for listeners that may not remember who he is, he's the ball boy from back in 2016 who ran on the pitch when the goalkeeper kept wasting time and you know planted the ball on the edge of the six-yard box to try and speed up his goal kick. Um, turns out we released him a couple of years ago, Heskiff, but he scored twice for Rochdale against Charlton this week. Yeah, and one of them was an absolute peach. Uh, mm. when, when I saw, because you, you lot were talking about it in our WhatsApp group and I had a horrible feeling that he had scored for Charlton. <laughs> so I was quite relieved to see uh, when, when I clicked the link of the video that it was uh, he was wearing a, a dark blue kit rather than a red one. Um, but yeah, it was a great goal, sort of corner of the box, hit it first time 
roofed it. Um, yeah, and to do to do uh, yeah, like I say, scored twice to do that against Charlton is always fun, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was, it was crazy because there's a video of Chris Grierson talking to him after the incident with when he was ball boy. And it was only five years ago, and I was watching his videos. Just like he's he's playing for the under fourteens. He's a child. Like how how old is he? And it turns out he's still seventeen. Actually made his debut, Albert, for Rochdale when he was sixteen, and he replaced a certain Aaron Wilbraham. Oh, I was on mute there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how, how sorry? How old was he when he replaced Aaron Six, Wilbraham? He, he was sixteen. He replaced Aaron Wilbraham as a sub as a sixteen-year-old for Rochdale. So, and Aaron Wilbraham his... would it have been what forty-two or something? <laughs> something like that. Certainly old enough to be his dad. That's for sure. Over twice his age, for mm. sure. That's quite Absolutely. impressive. It is. Um, but, I mean, he looks very... I mean, he looks like a Palace player. He's skillful. He's quick. Um, I was going to say, he's got a great finish on him, but... <laughs> he can he looks like he'd be able to get the ball across the six yard box that's for sure but um yeah it's it's yeah it's a shame we've um let him go because i would say based on the back of being 17 already having three goals to his name this season in league one and having all this buzz around him is um his price tag's probably worth some decent money could have recouped (laughs) what we're going to lose on not being able to sell sacco i guess uh right the last thing we're going to end on here before we get briefly getting to talking about the two games that are ahead. I mean, we can probably cover them both off with a lot of the same comments. But it came to light this week, Crystal Palace's all-time record. Did either of you see this? I did. So, Albert, Crystal Palace all-time. Games won, 1,702. Games lost, 1,702. We'll games, that, draw, <laughs> games drawn, 1,209. Goals for, 6,375. Goals against, 6,373. We're by so, far the greatest team <laughs> the world has ever seen. So we're talking 116 years and all we've got to show for it is a plus two goal difference. Well, at least but when all is said... When it all is said and done, if you just look at it holistically speaking, Heskiff. Yeah. Will's two goals at Brighton. Oh, I like that, Terence. Mm. Uh, brilliant. And that's why he's a ledge. <laughs> oh, Will for me, for clarity. Uh, let, let's just say I meant you. Let's just say. <laughs> um, I mean, Albert, is there anything to say? Could, could we be more bang average? Uh, we could only be slightly more bang average according to those stats. <laughs> but hey, there's still time. There's always there's yeah. always tomorrow night. Yeah, what is it? We need we need uh, 493 0-0 draws in a row to um, keep it up, or just score draws, whatever, and then we can get 1,702 across the board. You know, Boyd probably take that as well. <laughs> Four, I don't know if he could be in charge of 400 more games though. Even he might keel over before then. I'm not. I'm not a betting man, but uh... <laughs> is he going to make 493 more minutes in charge? Is the question. To be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen. The way we're playing, I'm not sure if I'll make it that far. <laughs> yeah, I've talked. I talked about this after the Wolves game. Um, 
maybe it's because we're watching on we're being forced to watch on tv and all of this and commentators really annoying me all the time but anyone else finding it a bit of a chore at the moment only for the past year and a bit <laughs> yeah <it's- laughs> but you know, I, I compared it back to taylor like i haven't felt like this since peter taylor was in charge uh yeah that's yeah i'd say that's about fair and I say, I'd, I'd, and actually thinking about, it, I will add to that and say probably the se- the last half of the season before the promotion season under Friedman, it was that was pretty dreary when um, talking about playing central defensive midfielders. But yeah, it was a bit it was a bit dreary at that time because it was all basically being set up for the following season, as we know now with hindsight. But um, you know, it was when he was picking Easter over Murray. We couldn't score. We couldn't score goals, and um, yeah, we. I think we won three goal, three games in twenty seven. I mean, so. the, the only other thing that comes close is the the last very unnecessary few months of Pardew's reign, and, to, and I mean, and but uh, at least I, that was entertaining, though. At least there was loads of goals, as stressful as it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. No, there, there was there was a five four in there. There was never five fours under Taylor, was there? Yeah, that's true. But that, I think and, 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 and if we see a five four on the Roy, I think I might keel over and die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that we're sitting here arguing about have we had it, you know, when was the last time we had it this bad is a damning indictment of the general state of affairs. Hmm. Does think- it is it harsh though, considering as we're on twenty two points? Is it a bit a bit well, harsh we, that we're approaching it like this? We talked about it a bit in the season where we were further up the table and we were saying it doesn't it, like it doesn't feel like we've been doing that well you know yeah we've got points and they're like great we've got 22 points but it doesn't feel like it uh and i think the thing that that is that does make it a bit of a chore is you know like you said you watch the wolves game in the first you know five ten minutes you thought oh maybe this is all right maybe we're going to play a bit differently and then it like settles into the same kind of repetitive boring football that you see every week and you just think like it's nothing's going to change, you know. It, it, we need something magical to happen. Like, all right, we beat Sheffield United, but they were particularly bad. Um, but you know, I'm talking about the Burnley game, the Newcastle game, the Wolves game in the cup. It's just all very, like, you know what's going to happen. And we joke about, oh, we're going to lose every week. But as soon as Wolves scored, I was just thinking, like, are we going to get back in this? Probably not. And to finish the game with with no shots on target or one shot on target, like you know, this has happened all, far too often. And I, I I think considering the players we've got, I don't think that we should be playing as sort of negatively and as unimaginatively as we are. And it just yeah, it does make it a bit of a chore. Like I'll always watch us. I won't stop watching Palace, but it, it's not enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. No, it's just true. I mean, it's just, I know tomorrow that I'm going to finish work and be like, I should feel excited for this game, but um, do I? Probably, probably not. But um, it's it's an Arsenal up first on Thursday. Um, I, I did say up at the top of the show we haven't lost to Arsenal in almost three years. We've had three draws and one victory in that time. But um, Albert, we've seen to pick up. We've picked them up when they've just hit some form. Annoyingly. Yeah, it sort of ties in with when Heskiff was saying, you know, when we were a bit further up the table with more points than maybe we'd sort of used to at that point of the season. You know, it was like, well, at that time there was teams massively, un- and it's, you know, it's not saying it's not true now, but there's teams massively underachieving 
um, which kind of maybe inflated our position a bit more. And and yeah, and one of those teams was um, was Arsenal. So yeah, we we they seem to be doing a bit better than you know they have been. We seem to be doing a bit worse than we should be, and it will certainly make for an interesting game, I'm sure. But yeah, it, it's hard to go in with any real sense of confidence. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hesky, if I, I would have said that uh, we'd be a shoe in for winning this game if you hadn't finally seen us beat Arsenal a couple of years ago, <laughs> but um, uh, can't be there again. But no, it's uh, the aim for Roy is going to be to set up tight and hit on the counter. But I, I think in the last seven or the last eight games, Arsenal have scored at least two against us at the Emirates. Um, so they've they've always found it quite easy to breach our back line. Yeah, I remember when we. Uh in the two-all game where we came back from 2-0 down, I was talking to my mate who's an Arsenal fan and he's he's fairly miserable. So we were both doing the sort of, you're going to win. No, you're going to win. And I just said, look, there's no way with Wayne Hennessy in goal, we're keeping a clean sheet. And he was like, no, 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 I'm telling you. And obviously they went 2-0 up after about eight minutes. Um, Scored the same goal twice, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Um, so hopefully... Not having waning goals good, but I think that goes for every game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough one. I, obviously, their issue earlier this season was they weren't scoring a, a great deal, and it looks like they've not that problem on the edge. So it is it is frustrating that, that they're coming into form at just the right time when we're not as defensively sound as we have been in previous seasons. So if they were scoring goals against us when our defence was pretty good, I'm a bit worried about how they're going to do when our defence is pretty crap. You say that, I mean, we did keep a clean sheet against Sheffield United, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, were awful. Um, We only conceded one goal against Wolves. Uh, Albert, how did you feel about that goal? Jack Butland obviously made his debut. Do you you think he should be doing a bit better there? Or are we going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it was a good strike? Uh, I think the players in front of him should be doing a bit better in terms of that goal. Um, yeah, I think it was Eze was particularly poor, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Butland. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not it's not a wonder goal, you know. But should Butland do a bit better? Yeah, probably. But he was probably probably sort of expecting someone to try and tackle Triore or at least try and get in front of him a bit more. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slag off Butland on his debut, even even if he was a massive howler. Like it happened. <laughs> Sorry, I've done I've done as a disservice. I think it was Jairo Rudevold actually who should have done better. And um, Heskiff, not not surprised to hear that um, Troy hadn't scored for over a year domestically. Yeah, and they kept hamming it up before the game as well. Like that, they just kept talking about it. And I guarantee ninety ninety nine percent of Palace fans knew what was coming. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, just pings it top in. So, um, so what's Arsenal are missing? Martinelli, he's got twisted ankle apparently. Um, Party and Gabriel uh, might be on, might make the bench, but unlikely to start. But Heskey, if Deb, it's it's through integrating most of their youngsters that's seen Arsenal gather up a bit of momentum. Um, I mean, it's, it's good to see them getting their homegrown talent in and. Um, them being successful, it bodes well for the future English game. But um, yeah, so I mean, it's a club, club club after their own heart in that sense. Yeah, don't ask that question, to Patrick O'Connor. I think <laughs> throw a gasket if you ask him about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
their academy seems to be bearing a lot of fruit again. Um, and yeah, you know, it's something that we, we would like to see more of a palace. Obviously, Tyrick has proven himself to be easily our first choice left back. Um, and with, you know, with the crop, the crop of youngsters that we've got coming up in the 18s, you know, within a, within a year or two years, there could be a lot, a lot more coming into our first team, depending on management. So, like you know, like we've said before, you, you don't know until you play them. And Arteta seems to have a lot of trust in the young players that they've got, and they're you know repaying their faith by by getting these results. So, yeah, I think maybe it's less pressure on them. Than, than some of the more established pros. They're just happy to be playing and, and sort of play with the, the shackles off a bit. But um, either way, yeah, it's going to be a very tough one because their tails are definitely up over the last few weeks. Okay, so Albert, bearing in mind we haven't lost in um, you know two, our last two visits to the Emirates, what, what's the score going to be? Uh, just going on the odds, you know, they, they didn't concede against Brighton, West Brom or Newcastle. I'm fairly sure they're not going to concede against us. So I'm going to go for a comfortable 2-0 victory for the Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think we'll be able to get in behind them because they'll just come on to us a bit more. Uh, I think we might score. What about you, Heskiff? Uh, I was I was going to go 2-0 to Arsenal as well. Uh, I just think, yeah, they're just comfortably better than us. Mm, how many okay. sh- how many balls across the six yard area do you think we'll will will do? That's a very good question. Uh, that's what that's that, that's what we really want to see. Forget I'm goals. Going, I'm going one in each half. Oh. <laughs> I'm pushing the boat up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I um, I still think there's a lot of inexperience at the back there for them. Um, and we, you know, it's the, the both of these games coming up. Arsenal and Man City, Man City are the perfect opposition for Roy in that sense. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'll I'll optimistically plump for a two-two draw. Um, although saying that we'll score two goals does seem ludicrous to me, but as well, particularly away from home. But yeah, I think I think there'll be some gaps for us. And you know, Zaha always likes to do well at Arsenal, whether it's because it's his boyhood club and all of that. But yeah, I've, I'll, I'll go for an optimistic two-two. And then, I mean, you know, Arsenal, have, just... you know, Arsenal haven't conceded more than one goal in like the last like eight or nine games. Yeah, but it's. You know, we, we, I mean, if you look at our head-to-head against them, I'm, sh- I'm sure we're always banging two past them. It's, I, 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 listen, I, listen. I just wanted you to have all the facts before committing to your prediction. You know, I'm not saying you're gonna. I, I hope you're not wrong. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, of course. And we, when you know, when was the last time we scored two goals away from home? Or well, I think, I think we've probably only scored twice in a handful of our last 10 games like maybe three or four times tops like it's yeah it's unlikely that we're going to start scoring these sorts of goals i would scroll up the page of the results but i don't want to knacker my mouse out to go back that far (laughs) yeah so if you if it like looking at this board here one all draw two two draw three two win two two draw four one defeat and a three two defeat so you know, it's only twice in that in the last six games against Arsenal that we've failed to score two. So, you know, we we fight we find our ways against them, but you know, we shall see. Now we can we can have much of the same conversations about Man City that will follow on Sunday. Um, again, at the top of the show, I talked about 
we haven't lost at the Etihad for almost three years with uh, coming off a 2-2 draw and a 3-2 win. And wide, more widely in Manchester, we, we're three unbeaten at Old Trafford as well. So we're going into uh, Manchester five, five games undefeated. <laughs> um, you know, Heskift have struggled through 1-0 against Brighton tonight. Um, that is certainly not the Man City that we've come used to under Pep, is it, at the moment? It's, it's something still not quite right there. Yeah, they haven't really clicked into gear for most of the season. Uh, like you say, that we're used to, but I mean, they're still they're still a good team, aren't they? You look, you look at the players that they've got. It's even even a sort of average Man City team's still pretty potent. Um, I did I didn't watch any of the game against Brighton today, but um, I did get a text saying that Lewis Dunk is shit. So <laughs> I know that I'm veering off track here, but I just always always want to underline that point in case people listening don't remember that Lewis Lewis Dunk shit. Um, they, yeah, they haven't been they haven't been used yourselves, Man City. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to be positive. Yeah, the stats are great in the last couple of years, but I just I'm finding I'm finding it very hard, even for me. And I know I'm a misery guts to be to find positives in the team at the moment. Um, I think maybe it'll suit our Roy's game plan to play teams that are more front foot as opposed to teams like Burnley and Newcastle. Because we're used to sitting back and keeping our shape and all that. Um, but these are going to be two very, very tough games. And, and I think we've got West Ham after that as well, haven't we? So who, who are in good form. So we've really got to just, even if we do lose, put in good performances so you can sort of keep your head up a bit. You know, we don't want to go down the road of getting battered and, and our heads dropping and looking over our shoulder more and more. Yeah, the the thing that does go against us in terms of playing these two teams back to back, Albert, is that you know Roy likes to stick with his core players, and these does are team, <laughs> and these are two teams that are going to make you run a lot. Um, so you can see him just leaving James McArthur in for the whole the whole hundred eighty minutes of both of each ninety minutes of each game, hundred eighty minutes total, can't you? And just seeing him being knackered come halfway through the second half against City. Yeah, I can, I can, I can almost smell it. That's how, uh, that's how real, that's how like realistic that you know that option's going to be. Um, I think it's 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 hard, you know, uh, and it sounds obvious, but it's hard it's hard to predict what we might do against City because obviously we've got a tough game at Arsenal in the way first, so it's it's hard to know what personnel will be available, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But again, all, all things being equal, they're they're a they're a better side than us. They're a very good side. But you're right. You know there is, there is something wrong at the moment at City. You know they're. I, I don't know if they just haven't spent enough money. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they've looked at that. Um, but they're not. Yeah, it's not a vintage City team. But they, again, they still seem to be, you know, grinding out results. And Phil Foden seems to be sort of coming into a bit of form. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those you look at it and you think, well, if we get a point, we've we'll, we'll have had a really good day. So um, I think that's kind of what we what really what we should be aiming for in in both the the, the next two coming games. Did you see the interview recently where um, Pep was asked, "Do you think you've got your mojo back?" And he had no idea what mojo meant. <laughs> was that the one where he was dressed up like a bit of a glue sniffer? <laughs> what does a glue sniffer dress up like? 
he just had like a big coat on and a hood and a bit of a straggly jumper. He just looked like he'd he'd, he'd come across a camera crew and was going to ask him for some change. <laughs> An insight there into the the mean streets of Hertfordshire, I think. Um, okay, for so real. Uh, what, for real, give me another quick prediction then, and then we'll top it off there. Oh, uh, let's push the boat out and go one all. And uh, Heskiff, what about you? Uh, three one C. Three one C. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll go one nil C for this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to score against them. It'll probably be the other way around because, as we've all well established, I know nothing about football. Right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, the review show this week will be recorded on Monday. should be out Monday night for you. That'll be post the Man City game. Uh, there, won't, there won't be an Arsenal review in that sense. It will obviously... Well, I mean, it, sh- should we beat Arsenal three 0 I'm sure um, Hambo might find a way to squeeze to squeeze in a review. To be honest, but uh, we shall see about that one. And then, um, I guess we'll be back next week, normal time. So, who have we got, Heskiff? Uh, West Ham, isn't it? West Ham. Mm. So, is there not an? Is the, do we not get the respite of a a what do you call it? Because uh, we got knocked out of the FA Cup. <laughs> oh, maybe. This again, it always shows how little uh research we do before we start. Yeah, so we do. Uh, we get we do get a ten grade so it's the twenty seventh of January. So um yeah, we do get a week off. Look at that. The good news is they've sold Haller, so there'll be no more goal of the season contenders. Yeah, if they, it's a shame they couldn't have done that a little bit sooner. <laughs> turns out um I saw Haller play on my stag do. I went to um watch a game in Utrecht and apparently he was playing up front for Utrecht. I had no idea. I certainly didn't see a £40 million strike on the field that day, that's for sure. But um, yeah, that was a discovery the other day. But anyway, right, so we'll be back in two weeks then when we'll be reviewing the West Ham game and you guys can listen to Hambo and the crew talk about Arsenal and Manchester City on Monday. Until then, up the Palace. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.